All right. Got the Wiz and Guru, and we are back. We are doing our division by division fantasy impact. Based on what teams did in the draft, existing rosters, free agents, how you doing there? Guru, are you uh, ready to attack the South and West divisions? Absolutely ready to attack. Absolutely. And th- there will be a few attacks. All right. I love it. All right. So we're going to get right into, we're going to get right into uh, the AFC South and we're going to start with the Houston Texans. Uh, they had, I guess, uh, an interesting is one word to use uh, off season. They traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who many people consider to be the best wide receiver uh, in football. Um, they have a, a brand new starting running back. It looks like so. Go ahead, take us through it and uh, and uh, give us some uh, forecast uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, in terms of the Texans this year. All right, well, we're going to be blunt from the start. So I think, um, look, Bill O'Brien is actually both the head coach and the GM right now, and I'm not sure he's doing either of those uh, skills well at the moment, and that's that's where the problem starts. So, you know, when I look at this team last year, and obviously they didn't have a number one pick coming into this draft. Uh, that was part of the Laramie Tunsil um, trade that they that they – made to get that player to be a, you know, a foundation on their offensive line. So it's okay. I get that part. You know, it's the rest that starts to confuse me. Certainly a, a poor relationship uh, has looks like it's been the main rupture in, in why they were forced to trade DeAndre Hopkins and did not get enough value for that player. That's 150 targets that'll need to be replaced and a guy who had the best hands in football. So good luck with that one. Um, you know, Last year, with a lot of talent, the, the Houston Texans, they scored 30 points exactly one time. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's better than that. He had talent in, in his receiving core. Granted, there were some injuries there. You know, Carlos Hyde stepped in, and they made that trade with Kansas City last year, had over 1,000 yards. They brought in Duke Johnson, had 400 yards rushing, 500 yards receiving. So it's not like they didn't have pieces in play. I thought the play calling generally on this team is very poor. And, you know, some of the personnel moves are are very questionable at that. You know, they really didn't do a lot on offense. They did add an offensive lineman um, in Charlie Heck from North Carolina. And, you know, a guy that you'll speak a little bit about that that probably is going to have an opportunity to make an impact on this roster, and that's Isaiah Coulter from the University of Rhode Island. You know, where I look at this receiving core, what it is, and, and, you know, O'Brien reminds me of a fantasy GM who's trying to take shortcuts to get where he's got to go. And I don't like that. Um, Brandon Cooks, outstanding player. He had actually 1,000 yards receiving four years in a row. This is a player that's been traded twice for number one picks. He had a concussion issue last year. I'm worried about that. Fuller, Will Fuller, Notre Dame kid, can't stay on the field. Out of 64 possible games that he could have played, he's played 39 of them. Not good. Kenny Stills is aging. So I really don't like that particular group. The tight ends aren't sexy. David Johnson and Duke Johnson are going to be the receivers. I'm sorry, the running backs, excuse me. Um, You know, David Johnson is well, well removed from that strong season that he had four seasons ago. He's been not able to lick the injury bug, which has really nagged at him. And, you know, it remains to be seen if he can do anything, uh, you know, on on a more distinct level than what we've seen in the last few years. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Texans, when I, I look at their current makeup uh, on the offensive side, they have guys all over the field that have uh, difficulty, you know, staying and playing uh, a full season or the majority of the games. Um, David Johnson, so what's your take on David Johnson? To me, when I try and analyze him, he's such an enigma. Can I see him, you know, not doing well, being injured, not being a factor? Yes. Can I see him, you know, really being rejuvenated and all of a sudden making an appearance in the top 10 at running back? Yes. So before I give some quick thoughts on some of the other players, where are you on David Johnson uh, coming into the season? I would say David Johnson has burned so many people in the last few years. He's probably the ultimate by low candidate because I do not think he'll be ranked very high coming into the season because of the factor that I just talked about, about him burning people. He's certainly going to get an opportunity. And like I said, Hyde, who is a pretty one-dimensional guy, had over 1,000 yards with, with this team last year. So I think he'll be a buy low candidate. I'm squeamish on the player, but I would understand someone kind of taking a chance on him and, you know, him going at a lower price in an auction draft and probably in the back end, you know, round four maybe in something like a snake draft. So I understand. I think he's a buy low candidate. He has to stay on the field. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their existing roster and wide receiver, you know, they made the trade to get Cook and Fuller and and, uh, and Stills and Randall Cobb. It's just uh, the type of bunch that I think Isaiah Coulter, who they took with their last pick from Rhode Island, uh, can can contribute, can actually see the, you know, can, I, could, I can envision him getting on the field somewhat this year um, and contributing. He's a guy uh, that you may want to, you know, look out and see what's happening with the, you know, with the wide receivers on the Texans. And if he gets a chance to play, he could contribute considering uh, that the quarterback is, is, is still one of the, the best in football. And, uh, you know, before I move on to the Jags, you know, I'm worried about Cook, um, that those concussions, and I, I just fear another one, and then, you know, that may be kind of it for him. Yeah, because so, he had those two back-to-back, right? The almost back-to-back weeks. And he's not a big, big guy. I mean, I'm just I'm just concerned. And, you know, you, those, those concussions start accumulating. And the thing about concussions is the more you have, the more susceptible you are to more. So you have to look out for that. I wish him well, and I hope uh, he, he's able to stay healthy for the season. But uh, Chris, can I, I ask you, can I, can I ask you, go ahead, go ahead on Coulter first. I was just going to say, considering the the current makeup of the receivers, I would say there's probably a good chance that Coulter will, will get in there. That what was your what were you going to ask? I, I was going to ask you. You know, look, DeAndre Hopkins played with Deshaun Watson. He's coming into a contract situation. Do you have worries there about him being potentially distracted and where his head's at? Uh, I think he's. I think he's a true professional. I think, you know, with his off-season stuff, he'll leave it at that. And once they play, I think he'll, he'll play at a high level. Uh, they still have enough good players and his own ability to make things happen. I, I wouldn't be so much concerned about um, – let's put it like this. I think the Texans need to be a lot more concerned about Deshaun Watson's future than fantasy football players people who want to draft him for the upcoming year because he, he may, if they, if they don't play well, uh, he may decide to go in another direction. And speaking of going in another direction, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the Jags. And um, 
I was, I don't know about you, but I was extremely surprised to see that the Jags did not sign Andy Dalton to compete um, for the for the starting quarterback uh, position there. Um, it seemed like that's what they were doing. They, they signed Chris Thompson, a guy that Jay Gruden is familiar with. So I thought Andy Dalton and the, and the, and the Jay Gruden connection at Cincinnati would lend itself to him signing there. Kind of surprised about that. But uh, go ahead, uh, give us some give us some thoughts on uh, the Jags' fantasy impact uh, for the upcoming season. Yeah, equally surprised. Um, I guess it really shapes up that this is this is Gardner Minshew's job, and you know he was a late he was a late pick in the draft last year. Uh, took the league by storm in his first game when he played against Kansas City and put up a huge effort. And and really the the handcuffs were put on him as the season wore on. You know, his numbers ended up being okay. He, he runs a little bit, some fumbling issues. Um, you know, I would just say they got much more conservative with him as the season went on. You know, he he was barely able to crack 200 yards throughout the last six or seven yards of the six six or seven games of the season. So you know, that's something that that we need to watch for. And and the backups there, it's Josh Dobbs, and they drafted Jake Luton from. From uh, Oregon, from Oregon State. So you know it's his job, unless some unless they make a some kind of move if someone gets cut or a Cam Newton. But I don't think that's the direction that they're going in. Look, I, I, it's interesting. You know, a lot of times when coaches talk about players, you, fantasy guys can be a little skeptical of it. And I, and I do remember last year, you know, Doug Marone really talked up DJ Shark, his effort, his growth as a player, and he did step up. Granted, they were in position because they were behind a lot where he was getting the ball, but. He ended up having a really good season last year. I, I like D.D. Westbrook as a receiver. You know, this is not – this is a interesting team. Leonard Fournette surprised the heck out of me last year. Uh, 76 catches. That was the most surprising part of it. Uh, he's He has not been tendered his fifth year um, on his contract, so that'll be an interesting situation to, to watch out for. They really don't have a backup, you know, when it comes to – uh, Fournette, you know he's the guy. He's the he's the he's the he's the bell cow, if you will. So this, this they didn't really address a lot during this draft. They they concentrated on the defensive side of the uh, defensive side of the ball. The one player though that is going to be interesting in this offense is going to be Lavisca Chenault from from Colorado. And I'm going to let you talk about him because you know I know you really like the player, and you know you had him potentially going as high as the first round. They got him in the second round. Maybe they could do some interesting things here. They did pick up an offensive lineman from St. John's, Minnesota, and Ben Barch. So, you know, look, Gardner Minshew has to grow up a little faster. That's the bottom line. Yeah, so there's some interesting things going on with the Jags. The first thing is this dynamic with Leonard Fournette. I mean, I'm not sure what on earth is going on there that they couldn't, you know, the reports are that they, they couldn't even get a, a seventh-round pick for for Leonard Fournette. I don't know how that's going to play out. That can't be good uh, going forward, um, you know, for the Jags. I like LaVisca Chenault. Uh, he's one of these guys that I, I don't think he's really reached his potential, what he's capable of. Um, I think he's one of these guys that if he gets – uh, the right coaching staff. And what I like for this particular player is Keenan Mikado coaching the wide receivers with the Jags. He's done a good job. And I think this is a perfect guy for him to mentor. And um, and, and I, I really like the potential for LaVisca Chenault uh, 
with the Jags. You know, Gardner Minshew, listen, I'm not his biggest fan. He's courageous in the pocket. He extends plays. He's fearless amongst the pass rush. That's the good news. The bad news is that type of quarterbacking usually lends itself for some ferocious hits. Uh, you see that happen often with Carson Wentz. Um, so I'm concerned about him making it through the season. Uh, I was so, kind of surprised that they didn't really can, do anything in either the draft or the Andy Dalton signing to give some real competition against Gardner Minshew. It, it kind of looks like he's got the keys to the kingdom this year, and uh, we, we're going to see how it plays out with the Jags. You know, uh, the one thing on the Jags, I would say, they, they, you know, they brought in a veteran guy who's never been able to stay healthy at tight end and Tyler Eifert. So he gets reunited with Gruden, um, who he who played for early in his career as when Gruden was uh, offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. And they still have the kid Oliver, Josh Oliver, who they drafted in the third round last year. So they've gotten very little from the pr- production from the tight end spot. I, I don't know. Is it Could you see a late season rejuvenation, late career rejuvenation in, um, in, in Tyler Eifert? I don't know. I don't, I don't trust that player at all. But you know, they they got to get something out of that position because they've gotten next to nothing from it in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't count on it. Anything you get from that tight end position <clears throat> with those two players would be, you know would be uh, would be would be an unexpected bonus. But I, I wouldn't count on it to to answer your question. Uh, moving on to the Titans here, uh, the Titans didn't really do too much. Uh, when they lost uh, Deion Lewis, they kind of needed a change of pace guy. They got that with Darrington Evans from App State, Appalachian State. Uh, they drafted Cole McDonald as well. Uh, so the, the Titans really didn't do too much from an offensive perspective with free agency and drafts a little bit. They kind of did what they needed to do, offensive line help, and like I said, getting a change of pace guy. Uh, for Henry, go ahead, have at it. Tell us about some Titans or some thoughts on the Titans for the season. Well, you know, uh, I would just say this on the Titans, and and, I, and I've seen a few people talk about this player, and I know how much you love him because you have him in, in, uh, in a couple of uh, – uh, dynasty leagues, but AJ Brown's numbers once Tannehill became quarterback were just unbelievable. Uh, you know, the guy had almost I think twenty yards, twenty yards uh, per catch, thousand yard receiver. You know, Mariota was terrible at the beginning of the season. So anybody calling that player a sleeper, that is the delusional view. This guy is going to be a very, very, very strong pick um, for fantasy drafts this coming fall. Um, I, I would say, look, Derrick Henry. The numbers that he rung up at the end of last year were just incredible, um, and and the and the Titans really decided to ride that a bit more than than I would say, in, in especially in the playoffs. You know, we we would definitely like to see more play action, getting the passing game going, and that was not the case where they just kept really feeding him in the playoffs. Um, I guess one situation to watch here is you, you know you mentioned Cole McDonald um, who played at Hawaii. You know, they don't really have a, a, a backup quarterback here or, or one with that's polished. So I think. If Tannehill, who does run a bit, and you got to watch out for that, if he were to go down, that would be an interesting situation to watch uh, to watch for in case that was the story. But and as you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Evans; he'll replace uh, Deion Lewis. And I said the one, the last yeah, thing um, they they did you, you offensive line help. Isaiah Wilson was one of two Georgia offensive linemen, and that's who they took, and they expect him to be part of that future foundation on that line. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like. I like A.J. Brown. I mean, 
the guy could put on number 96 and you would think he's a defensive tackle. And then you see the guy run like a 4-4-5-40 and you realize, oh my goodness, that's a steaming locomotive coming at you. I, I like him a lot. I mean, I can't even hide my enthusiasm for A.J. Brown uh, this season. I, I think he could just be uh, one of those guys that, you know, really becomes difficult for other teams to stop and, uh, and, and getting more acclimated with Tannehill as the season went on last year, and that will continue. I only see, uh, you know, m- much improvement. You know, the thing is, I'm not sure about the production. Corey Davis has just never been the kind of guy that – you know, expectations were. I know I really liked them coming out of college. Um, not more than term. <laughs> yeah, not more than term. But yeah, I liked them. But he hasn't really been that guy they, they you know, they, they hoped for. So I think uh, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, the offense is going to revolve around those those two players and, uh, you know, a little bit of Darrington Evans sprinkled in, uh, which which is something that they want to do. Um, and we're going to move on, last but not least, the Colts. And uh, in terms of the AFC, I thought the Browns, Ravens, and Colts absolutely had spectacular drafts. I loved a lot of things that the Colts did in this draft. So I'm going to let you have first crack at it. <clears throat> Tell us about some fantasy outlooks for the upcoming season, considering what has taken place with the Colts in the offseason. They made a trade before the draft and what they did at the draft. So have at it. Tell us uh, some, some outlooks for the Colts. So no number one pick as they as they made that trade for DeForest Buckner. Uh, so they, they had two picks in the in the second round and they made them count Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin Michael Pittman Jr. from USC look 900 odd carries 6,000 yards 50 touchdowns uh, you're not going to say much more New Jersey kid so Jonathan Taylor is is a really good running back uh, you know he was at most people's top top of their list there and you know he's going to get an opportunity to to work with Marlon Mack who is not a bad player you know you look a little bit closely and he's been nicked up at times. Marlon Mack was only one of seven players to have both 500 yards before contact and 500 yards after contact. So not a terrible player. An interesting guy, Naheem Hines, who catches the ball, 63 catches in his rookie year, back to 44 last year. You know, this team lost Andrew Luck. That was a tough, tough thing to happen. They have a great offensive line, and in comes Phillip Rivers, who in 2018 was an outstanding quarterback, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And last year, the continuous underthrowing of receivers was very evident. He had 23 touchdowns. He did have 46, 4,700 yards. However, 20 interceptions, and you just can't do that in this league. So Phillip Rivers has to make this roster work. Look, also, T.Y. Hilton is hurt too frequently. You know, he's a, he's a slight guy. So they have some interesting stories at, at receiver. Last year, they drafted Paris Campbell from Ohio State. Also couldn't stay on the field. So it will be interesting to see if, if guys could step up, you know, on this team at receiver, you know, beyond, beyond those guys that I mentioned. I, I'm just going to mention one name, and, and you know, that is – uh, that is Marcus Johnson, who who had a couple of really good games. He's a, he's like a fifth receiver there, but you know someone's got to step up in the third receiver. But this team has a lot of tight ends, and they signed Trey Burton, who's been hurt a lot. I don't know if he's going to do anything. Jack Doyle is slow footed, but we know that Philip Rivers has done a lot with tight ends in the past. 
So I'm going to start uh, at quarterback. I love what they did at quarterback. I love them taking Jacob Eason with pick 122. In my opinion, he's going to be a better quarterback and a better prospect than a couple of quarterbacks that were taking 70 picks and 90 picks ahead of him. I think the, I think Jacob Eason will be quarterbacking the Colts uh, in 2021. Uh, sitting behind Rivers for a year, perfect. Couldn't have a better situation for Jacob Eason to succeed, and I think he'll do just that. Uh, I like the Pittman uh, wide receiver pick. They certainly needed to address that situation, um, so I'm 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 good with that pick. Jonathan Taylor, they they have a really tremendous tremendous uh, three-headed monster in backfield now with Taylor, uh, Marlon Mack, and Nakeem Hines, who can do just a, a little bit, uh, it brings a different dimension than the other two guys. So I'm, I'm loving what the Colts did in the draft. Uh, I, I like everything they did, all of their picks. Uh, so let, let me just ask you one last question before we wrap the uh, AFC South up, is that you were super high on Akeem Hines. You predicted that he was kind of be the Austin Eckler to Philip Rivers uh, to what was going on with the Chargers. How does this selection of Jonathan Taylor affect your mindset regarding um, Hines, or does it? No, it actually doesn't, because I think it's going to be a situation where uh, Mac and, and Taylor will battle it out for those early down situations. And I think Taylor, I, sorry, I think, I think Hines is still going to be that kind of prototypical third, third down back, maybe stick his nose in there for a few carries now and again. We know what Eckler did. I'm not comparing the player. He's a little smaller, not as strong, but I still think that Hines has some upside in a PPR league. Absolutely. All right. Uh, good stuff. And uh, that concludes the AFC South analysis. And uh, we're going to be back with the AFC West. And uh, Guru, excellent job. And uh, we've enjoyed it. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us as well. All right. Good stuff, everybody. Thank you.